In a world where technology and marketing collide, two heroes rise to help make sense of it all, one podcast at a time. Welcome to Mo and Joe's Epic Tech Talks. Hello and welcome to Mo and Joe Epic Tech Talks show. And we are now at episode 39. 39, Joe. I know, right? And I actually looked it up. I had to look it up because I always forget what number we're on. But this is the episode where we we have to make good on our uh, Super Bowl bet. Where, oh, that's right. Yeah, I know. I thought I was going to let you forget about it, cause, but I feel like I'd be a welcher if I didn't. Well, that's right. You'd get, bring it up. You'd get uh, <laughs> you would get hate mail from right. the listeners. But let's let you can explain what the bet was, and well, then the bet, I'll just deal with it. Well, the bet was very straightforward. <laughs> I mean, it was very straightforward. I picked the Eagles. Yes, who, you did. As we, as we know, won. Beat the but, New England. But didn't we have like specific points that you would? No, nope. that doesn't matter. It was there just like no one and who lost. There were no right. points. There were no points. Okay. And besides, Philadelphia was an underdog. So if anything, you've lost twice because they just. They won without even needing the points. Uh, right. And the, and the, the, the wager, non-monetary, was mm-hmm. um, that for this episode, episode 39, I would get to call you Jar Jar of Jar Jar Binks fame of Star <laughs> Wars The Phantom Menace fame for the duration of the episode. So you on this podcast today are to be known only as Jar Jar. Oh, Maxi Big Da Force. What in that smell stink with? Right. So it's so, the Jar Jar Binks and Joe Epic Tech Talk Show. That's today. right. That's right. And so, All right. Jar Jar, would you mind introducing the topics for today? God, what the Misa saying? <laughs> I'm not going to do my Jar Jar voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is where I draw the line. <laughs> Come on. <But> let's talk <laughs> about <laughs> Misa. Tell you more about oh, no. what the topics are today. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that it. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. No, that's, you know, that's in every Star Wars fans have repertoire because how much they hate Jar Jar. I think that's why. That's the other part of the bet is this is like the worst character of the series. Uh, <laughs> right? So, you know. Anyway, going back to <laughs> we were talking about a couple things. We are talking about privacy today. Yes. Um, and how it's changing or the attitudes toward privacy, especially when it comes to retail and commerce. Um, so I think we can start with that one. Uh, we also wanted to talk about some changing. I think today is about change. Today is about changing habits, changing behaviors, that kind of thing, and and the impact that we're seeing when it comes to how people, their sentiment toward brands and retailers, and and how the how the behavior is really tied to what the convenience is all about. So we sh- we should talk about. Uh, oh, and the other part is. I mentioned earlier that we talk about Amazon a lot, which we do, and it's just unfortunate that we have to, but they're in everything we talk about, right? But today, mm. we won't use the word Amazon, or we'll try not to, right? So, <laughs> no, well, no. Especially in this one, right? We'll just say a company with the name A in it or whatever, the company yeah. formerly known we, as. <laughs> we will not use the word Amazon, which now we've used two or three times, but we won't use the exactly, game. And we won't use right. the word Manolo because we're going to say Jar Jar, so, you know. Right. So... Play along if you can. Keep track of it. <laughs> Our <laughs> listeners are like, hang it up. It's yes, over. they it's are. Over. Goodbye. All right. That's a good topic. So we'll start. This privacy topic is a, is a big one. I think probably spend most of our time on it. 
today. And, yeah. um, it's a, it's a real, it's a real area, uh, as people get more of these, um, smart homes and there's more things connected. Um, and as retailers deploy new technology, I mean, this is something that the people need to be aware of. Uh, right. So, but I do think people are aware of it. It's just how they feel about it before. Well, let's just say 10 years ago, um, when that crazy movie Minority Report came out, I think everyone was like, oh, my God, that's the future, and that's freaking me out, right? That's just – it was the, – the, you know, the example was it was personalizing every message based on the fact that it would retinal scan somebody mm-hmm. as they walked into a store, and, you know, that's just crazy. And I think what happened was it, it does – you know, people don't like to share too much personal stuff, especially when they don't know what you're going to do with it, which I think is always going to be the case. Um, but I think that's changing, right? We, we're, we're looking at the dawn of how these retailers and brands are tracking and mining our data to figure out what we do. Um, we talked about that company's voice commerce platform and, you know, the fact that it's always listening and the fact that they sold tens of millions of those units over the holidays, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how they're convenience store platform is a natural evolution, but all of that lies, all of that has the uh, premise that everything that they want to know about us as consumers and our behaviors in our personal lives is now tracked and used to sell stuff to us. Right. Um, Whether it be, and you could talk about companies that aren't that one company, you could talk about um, Target, there was a situation a few, just to give you an idea of like how much things have changed in the last 10 years um, and we'll talk about this, but here's one example just to, I think, paint a picture a few years ago, Target you might remember this, Target found itself in a situation where it was kind of called out for profiling uh, its customers they had um, by accident, I suppose alerted a teenager's family regarding her pregnancy because they started sending her coupons for baby products. And right. So if you think about that, that that's an element where um, you can't take into account as a retailer or as a CRM-based entity um, every situation where there may be uh, a scenario that you're not anticipating, like the unintended consequences. And this is clearly an example of one of them. You know, I, but the the... the 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 issue is you're going to have to set up rules to block each one of those types of scenarios if you're dealing with a personalization engine or a CRM system or even just a good old-fashioned email program. And that's something that the only way – because there's no legislation. There's no law to protect you from that. And we'll talk about some legislation that uh, was not passed last year that even gives more power to the uh, Internet service providers. But – it takes the consumers pushing back publicly to 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 change behavior that may be counter to what they uh, are willing to accept with regard to privacy, and that's that's what happened in the Target case is that there was a bit of a public outcry, and then they set up some rules for specific types of products where they wouldn't um, target in the way that they had. So I. 
that's just one example, but this is a big, thick, hairy topic. I just feel like right. We well, have, it's everywhere. Yeah, it is everywhere. And I think you know, if you, I've never taken the the, the time to read all of those disclosures, the privacy policies of the big box retailers, but in every one of those policies is mention of facial recognition cameras mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and the information they're tracking wherever they can get it. Um, but I think it comes down to what people feel you're doing with it. Is it beneficial to them? And I think that's the, that's the trend that this, that we're talking about is people actually don't care as much anymore uh, or they care, but only when it is nefarious, when they think you're doing something bad with it, you know, like, to, that, to your point about that thing you talked about is like if a if an ISP was sharing your web browsing history, you know, like Comcast or somebody or AT and T, the ones that give us our broadband, and said, "Hey, I'm going to sell you everything that Manny does online," and a Jar Jar. Oh yes, damn it! <laughs> Thank you. Come on, play damn. by the rules. Oh, <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever. Anyway, what it means is. Yeah, that threw me off, man. Uh, <laughs> what it means is that they can sell our stuff about the behavior, and then the advertisers or the retailers or whoever buys it can use that against – not against me, but to change and personalize how they talk to me um, to sell me stuff, right? And so, That's right, yeah. You know, Google has this tracking feature on their phones. I mean if you have a – especially if you have an Android phone or if you have that Google um, – platform uh, that's like the assistant or whatever, anything that's running on your phone, they can actually send you a note and say, hey, you want to acknowledge the fact that you were at these three places because you, we have this tracking thing and we want to tell you about it. Or if they, you know, some people voluntarily check in, like my wife loves Swarm. She like checks in while I drive the car around the neighborhood and, you know, she's really big into that gamification stuff. But I think that's where a lot of that stuff is going to come down, right? Right. No, I think you're right. Um, and it's funny because um, people have been well, – the, the, the change has been, you know, it's, it's, it's trading privacy for convenience. And that's a pretty powerful value proposition whether you're, um, you know, Google, whether you're an ISP. These things are embedded into our lives at this point. You know, think about your Google search. And um, what you're doing is you're saying, I find these products to be valuable enough uh, and almost invaluable that I am, um, I am willing to disregard those privacy statements you were talking about and trade my privacy for this convenience. And what you see is these younger, the younger generation, the reason it's changed so much in 10 years is two reasons. One is this technology has become ubiquitous. It's kind of everywhere. And secondly is, you know, the, the younger generation that's come along, whether it be millennials or the one after, is that they have grown up with this and they've been willing to make that exchange because that is a real value exchange. For the older generations, you know, I know uh, baby boomers who used to uh, not want to get the, um, the automatic uh, toll uh, sensor put in their car. Because they didn't want, you know, the state to know where they were driving. I mean, that's just oh, right. a I never very... remember. I forgot about that. Because you've had one for so long. And the other area is when they started putting up cameras in major cities kind of, you know, after 9-11 and then in the year and a half past, or excuse me, in the decade and a half past, the, um, the major cities like London, like you can't walk out your door in London, basically, 
and not be on camera. And, you know, Chicago has, I don't even know how many cameras deployed now here, and I'm assuming uh, New York is the same way. That idea, just think about that. 20 years ago, that would that there would have been no way that that wouldn't have created more of a public discourse. Um, but now we just, we expect it. Like, it's, um, where was I yesterday? I was looking, uh, um, oh boy, I was in a, uh, I don't know, a Home Depot or, or something, and there was only one camera that I saw in the entry, and I expected to see more. I remember looking up, and right. you know, not even knowing this was going to be our topic today, I looked up and I was looking at the camera. I was like an old fat. I'm like, geez, man, they really got like old an old camera in here, and I don't. It felt it felt like there weren't enough of them. So think about that, like mind right. shift change. I'm like, there's supposed to be more. Um, right. Like, what's going on? <laughs> right. I'm, there's not enough of me being filmed. There will be a point, and I don't know what it is that that I, I've always said that you know the tipping point for this will come when browsing behavior online gets exposed. That yeah. will be that tipping point because honestly, there's you know there's there's financial information in that browsing history. There's, you know, inappropriate content, I suppose. There's um, uh, personally identifiable information that can get out there. And the first time that happens, the first time that happens, I think we'll have more of a, a public conversation about what power we are giving to these companies and what power maybe we want us to, to take back from them. But I think it'll take right. a moment like that to, yeah. to get to that point. Well, look at uh, the anytime there's a security breach in credit, especially when it comes to you know personal information, social security, that kind of stuff. It happens so much now; it's not necessarily a big deal, especially with that Equifax situation. Remember? Yeah, yeah. And I think people were like riled up because that is the company that you trust with your information because that's what that's kind of the the unbiased holding company when you need to get credit or apply for a loan or get a house, all of that stuff. So in the end, especially with the way governments are kind of moving toward but supporting big businesses and making it more a big business-friendly world, we are at that, that area of, you know what, they are going to make it easier for them to take our personal information and maybe, or maybe not, you know, hold it, uh, in a, in a place where it needs to not necessarily be as secure as it should be, right? I think that's part of what, what uh, a lot of people were saying, is the Equifax thing just shows they weren't even held to a certain standard for security. It was, it was really easy for someone to hack them, is what the, the articles were talking about. Right. And I think to your point, it's just a matter of time that the moment we have one of those catastrophic failures of security that have to do with someone stealing facial recognition information, which isn't even personalized, right? It's just like this is a man at this age and has this emotion, I mean, and turns it into something bad. I think that's that's when we'll we'll see that. But until then, we'll continue to, you know, give away all of our rights and, and privacy just because it makes our lives easier. And I think that's just, that's the human nature part of it. I mean, when you think about, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, you're right. And I think, so the other examples, you know, we've talked about databases being hacked. We've talked about browsing history. We've talked about in retail environments. 
The other, I was just thinking the other example that people are going to have to start considering is think about your um, connected television or your over-the-top streaming yeah. connections. Um, so right now, I was re- uh, unrelated to, to, to this conversation, I was looking through some articles a few weeks ago, and I remember it was an interesting conversation about Netflix and Hulu. So for Hulu, they do not encrypt the data as it as you're browsing and watching. It's not it's not encrypted. I didn't realize that. Yes. No, I didn't know that. Netflix is encrypted. Okay. So right. something there for people to think about. But it really doesn't matter because again, your ISP sees and has and is allowed to sell all of that. Right. Um and uh, the one this article went on to say, though, even though that your Netflix data stream is is uh, is encrypted, <laughs> this is this is a real nuance, but it's kind of funny. The 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 photographs are not. So in other words, as you're as you're scrolling and looking through all of the titles on Netflix, you know how it has like a picture of each show um, and kind of like a graphic associated with whatever you know uh, each each program. It's it's. Hackers can capture all of that, and so they can see <laughs> basically what you're watching. Even though they can't yep. really get the data, they can capture the images as they're going through the web, as they're going through the internet. That's unbelievable. So it's crazy. So, but the the big thing to me is really these ISPs. I mean, they there was a um, so this law that we were talking about. Um, this it was a Obama era FCC rule that required internet providers to get permission before sharing their browsing history with other companies. Now, they've always been able to sell this information, but this law was about to take effect. And effectively, what the Senate did last year, and then uh, the president signed, really overturned that. And so now these ISPs are able to package this stuff up um, and sell it without um, any permission required from an individual. And so I'm... I'm usually one for more laissez-faire approach to some of these things. I, and I think that that can be okay. But what I worry about is, is it anonymized? Um, and how specific are they able to get? Because, you know, again, all these things running through your smart home, whether they be uh, Nest thermostats, ring doorbells, like what does that mean? You're, are they able to, if you're storing your ring doorbell information, like the people that come up to your door, um, yep. and that's traveling over the ISP, how much of that did they see and how much of that are they able to package and sell? Because it tells things like your when your coffee maker is, is uh, turned on, um, when your baby monitor is on perhaps, um, it, when you're setting your alarm, because they're in that business now too. And so if all of those things, or when your TV is on, when your TV is off, all of those things effectively paint a picture of what you're doing in your own home. And they will be able to profile nearly down to the minute the activity happening in your home for some of these hyper-connected houses. And as time goes on, more people will be connected as this stuff gets easier. So then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, Manny, you get up every day at six o'clock. You go, you, your coffee's on at six oh five. You're da 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 all day long, and right. that's even scarier than, in my opinion, being photographed in a public retail environment where it's kind of just like, well, there you are, but it's you're either looking at your demographic information and how many people come in, and it's less about right now you as an individual. 
So I don't know. Does that freak you out? <laughs> yeah, I think. It, well, I think again, you know what it comes down to is what am I willing to give up for the convenience of not having to sign in six times? Like they they already have. I mean, I think to a certain extent, there are already these things where you can just save your password and your you know not that I would do this, but you save your password and so it's just easier to log into something you log in all the time. Yeah. That's already like I just gave up control of that's an easy hack for anyone to do like that's looking to hack you. Hmm. And then I think when to your point about this, uh, depersonalization or anonymization, I think they do pretty, do a pretty good job of that. But it, you know, I think it comes down to the fact is if you're doing anything that you don't want people to know about, regardless of it's you or not, it's still going to make you kind of cringe. I think yeah. in the end, there's a reason why when they repealed out the, the, the Obama, policies that regarded, you know, not letting these uh, broadband folks sell our browsing history, you know, everybody came out the next day, like literally in 24 hours, Comcast came out with a statement, it's like, we don't sell broadband customers individual, individual browsing history, Verizon, AT&T, they all came out with that as, we won't do that, you know, they already knew this was going to make people freak out. But, you know, in the end, it still comes down to people are still sharing that, especially when you think about the big uh, shift in in the retail space. The more personal information, the easier it is for you to go in and pick up something and not have to stand in line at the at the pay station. I mean, I think that's that's where the trade off is coming. And then people. They love Amazon. People love Amazon. Oh, I said it again, right? <laughs> <laughs> they love that company that's crushing yeah. everybody. But right. the fact is, it's because they're trans—they're mostly transparent about the information they're they're taking. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with if people really knew what was happening when you walked into that uh, store in Seattle. I mean, it's not just um, a data deluge of information of your stuff, you're also getting beamed with a bunch of waves of energy because that whole store is like covered in sensors and stuff. Like that's the other part is, and I don't think people are going to know for years if this is a good or bad thing for our bodies. But when you go into that store, there's like sensors in every square foot of the ceiling because they have to track all this stuff, right? They have to know what you're picking up and all that, and how do they do that? They have sensors, but that's those sensors are emitting all sorts of energy against your body to know where you're standing, to know what you're picking up, the cameras are on. I mean, that whole um, electronic uh, invisible wavelength stuff, that's what really freaks me out. I don't, you know, privacy is privacy. You get a VPN and you can cover up a lot of the stuff you don't want people to know you do, but the stuff that we have, all the Wi-Fi's in our house, to your point, our entire houses are smart now. And well, you think that, that, well, that's an interesting point. So one is the beaming thing. What, what you got to bring yeah. it down? I hadn't even thought about that yet. I'm <laughs> uh, just trying to point out another yeah, thing. <laughs> it's good. The other thing is, so this idea of like using a VPN. So I wonder if there, it, it sounds, to, if you think about it, how many, how many individuals, individual households, you know, set up any type of, privacy mechanism like a VPN, probably a, a fraction of a percent. Uh, and you begin to wonder, is that a, uh, it seems to me like personal privacy. Um, that may be a cottage industry that grows out of this, you know, How, what, what added layers can I take 
to defend against, you know, some of this, not, not hackers, but honestly, just the, the companies we all deal with. And is there anything you can do? Um, it creates an interesting question for, you know, what will sprout out of this as a response? And that's, that's where I'm, that's where I, uh, I don't have an answer, but I, I think that's one of the things you, people could, well, I think it's tough for. Yeah, you're right. But it's tough. Like it, just in general, if you don't turn cookies on, which is, you know, that's been around for years. Yeah. Cookies are yeah. tracking us. And if you don't turn them on, your website experience really sucks. It does. You just, it's not worth it. And nope. so you make that, you make that choice. But, you know, I know a lot of folks that have moved um, from working on the social listening space. Cause you know, that's another area we are already sharing information, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all this stuff that we normally share without even thinking about it mm-hmm. can easily be mined and is mined when it's used in the sense of this person, these people of this certain age like to talk about this online. And because we leave these footprints everywhere, you know, when you leave a review, when you talk about something in Reddit, it's easily tracked and mined. And then using AI, which is, you know, no, no, no easy task to do on your own. But if you bring it in and you can analyze conversations, millions of them, and actually get to the core of what people really think. Because I think I always point out that when people ask those survey questions about, like, what do you like? What, what's your, you know, they, they're trying to track down your preferences um, and how you live your life and behaviors. They've put it, they have to put it in a framework that's measurable. So everybody has to answer, you know, A, B, C, or D. And that kind of leads you to an answer. You don't necessarily get a point to talk about it more in the sense. So... I think people actually talk more honestly when they're in these forums or they're leaving reviews or something than they would answering a survey. So, yeah, you know, in you and my, in our world of marketing, that's tough. That's a tough one to, to balance out. It's like, okay, we really want to understand the customer behavior. Let's run some research, but that research has a way of skewing information. So then you say, okay, let's just mine certain websites and run crawlers through them and understand what people are saying using AI and, and see, you know, you can do things like even tell sentiment, like is someone being sarcastic? Are they angry? That kind of stuff. Well, that, I think that's already an easy pick off of privacy right there. You're, you're Well, you're right. And that's, uh, it's a lot easier to look at how people behave and what they say rather than how they respond to a survey. I mean, the right. days of like panel level surveys continuing to be, the um, go-to solution for research is quickly coming to an end because, you know, why do that when, you know, when everything is connected, just look at how they're behaving. I mean, it seems... And it's cheaper now too, because that's a really manual process. I think that's, that's where another shift is happening in, in mining privacy based data. We can do it really efficiently now. And that's another, I wouldn't say danger, but it just makes it why it's so beneficial to share. Like I said, you can anonymize all the stuff but you're really still getting into people's real feelings and things like that. So I don't know. It's, it's a very interesting paradox we're in. The more we share, the better the personal experience, but then the less your privacy. All right. And then, (laughs) yeah. Right. So what are you going to do? Our health information is on there. Like even now more and more of our health stuff and our doctor stuff is moving online. Right. You can FaceTime your doctor. You can, check your records, like all of that is just, you know, it seems like it, someone's asking for a hack in that situation. So it's just crazy. 
Uh, so I don't know. I think yeah. the, my advice is so if you're, I guess if if we were going to say, well, what does this all mean? Is like, look, it's going to come down to personal preference. And if you don't want people to know what you're doing, get a VPN. That's a start. <laughs> and then at least if they're going to sell your information, they're not going to know exactly what you're doing. That's what I would say. Okay, there we go. We're but pitching the, that's, the that's Jar Jar Binks' requirements for secrecy. <laughs> Jar Jar, Jar Jar VPN. That's, it, it, that's it, right. It, it's your new company. It's, that's it, right. Like VPN. Like Jar Jar Security. <laughs> yeah, Jar Jar Security. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of stuff that's really old, I mean, like yes. Jar Jar. Like Jar Jar. <laughs> like Jar Jar. Born in 1999, yes. if you will. Uh, oh my God! Yeah, that's seriously, when that movie came out. Yeah, uh, almost twenty years ago. Gee, do you want to have a twenty-year anniversary party for the Phantom Menace? I don't. I do not. No, that was um, one of those movies. I think I want to forget. But <laughs> yeah. there, there was something else that was hot in nineteen ninety-nine, which uh, really is not that hot anymore. And those are. This may seem intuitive to people, but we wanted to take a minute to talk about this CD, like CDs. Do you remember CDs? Compact what are discs? those? What are those? I'm not even sure, but um, apparently um, the CD is maybe not dead. What what did you I find thought, about uh, this? Well, I thought I, I read something that Best Buy was saying, that's it for the CDs. We're not going to sell them anymore. And apparently that whole you know, five-row section in the corner of the store that no one really hangs out in anymore mm-hmm, right. is going to go for more product. But I think they said – Due to sales that drop every year, mm-hmm. th- this is it. And you know, I think they also get forced into buying a certain number, so this is going to save them some money efficiency-wise. However, I did find that. So, so the 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 fact is, everyone's saying the CD is dead. Music CDs are dead. But is that really the case? Maybe not so sure. I think that um, you know, because of our habits. Like I know I have Spotify and. Apple Music. I don't know what else you listen to. I mean, you usually Apple send music, me YouTube's yeah. of music. Yeah, Apple Music, right? Yeah, right. So, and we all had our six CD, CD changers back in the 90s. Remember those? Oh, yeah. You had like the stack, and you yeah. just pop it in, and that was like your party mix for the night. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And in your car, and, you know, that was it. It was the, right. the bomb. Like, you had the, the six-disc changer in the trunk. Do you remember that? And it was like the That's way right. To go. Yeah. That's right. It was right next to my bass booster. So. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Your car but, hopped uh, back then. It like, like, Oh, it, it did. I had a nice little ride back in the day. But, you know, that was me. <laughs> you, know, you were probably right, driving around your dad's uh, station wagon or something. Yeah. The yeah, the wood grain panels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a little MR2, so, you know, that, that's like the Asian car number three when you're uh, in your 20s. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, never so, mind. It goes, you know, Toyota Celica, Toyota MR2, you know, that's how we, that's how we roll. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I never, <laughs> uh, no. I, it, no. See, what the, I had a 1984 GMC Jimmy in high school. No way. The yeah. Jimmys are cool. The thing used to backfire when I'd pull it into the parking lot. It would... It's and like Uncle I, Buck's car. <laughs> every time I turned the car off, it would shake and backfire. It was awesome. Like people knew Scarts was in town because, you know, you could hear that car backfire every single time I turned it off. 
<laughs> oh my god, funny. So, anyways, what I don't understand, like, who says CDs are making a comeback then? Because Best Buy says, "Oh, we're done," and I, I understand that intuitively. But the, these other guys are saying, "Wait a minute, now maybe there's something going on." Well, uh, I, I think it's depending on the music genre. I mean, also, I mean, unless we can point out that vinyl's making a comeback, especially with the millennial set. Right? That's an interesting shift. Even with all of our music sharing and and streaming behaviors, these uh, archaic platforms still kind of linger on or or or, or um, come back, which you know I think it has a lot to do with like the retro aspect. But if you think about uh, you know the gaming systems that are out there, some of them are still using or DVDs are still using this you know platform. They're actually getting cheaper to produce, much much cheaper to produce. So I think it's not that they're going away. I think they're just going into a place where they're easily used. We're talking about other countries where data is very expensive or too slow to stream. That is where, and then, of course, unfortunately, pirated CD music is really big, right? Mm, So mm -hmm. in those cases, the CD is king. Um, But you think about the other areas not when's the last time you saw a laptop with a CD player or DVD player in it? It's not been a while. I mean, mine doesn't. I have to add mm-hmm. a piece to it, right? Right. Um, cars. I think most cars still have one kind of CD drive in it. You know, if you if you don't get the satellite radio or the app-driven car radio, but there's a, there's usually one slot maybe. Two. Well, there's not. I have in to mine. take a look. There's not in mine. I don't believe. I don't. You know what? It's funny thing is, you're making me. There's not. There is not. Mine's a. Well, the fact I mean, that you don't know tells me that you don't even know if it's, yeah, it's probably not there. It's right? not there. No, no, no. <laughs> and mine's a twenty. It's a Honda. It's a 2017. So it's. I don't know. You know, I feel like in the new, in the newer, like anything like 20, maybe 15 and on, they're probably gone. I would think. Um, I wonder if you can even get one. Like, can you even out from the manufacturer? I don't know if you can. I'm not I guess sure. It I don't know Every if they make them. Different, but yeah, right. I think we're we're at the twilight of the CD side, but you know, because they are easy and so cheap to cheap. produce, they are still alive for certain aspects of you know consumption. I think used CD places are having a ball, right? Because that that's even when they're even cheaper, and you know, it doesn't cost them much to resell. Uh, you know, to prep a CD for resale, that kind of thing. I think that's where I think a lot of the the CD inventories are going. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody about Blockbuster the other day. That's another, if you think about it, it's very similar to the path that Blockbuster took. Um, you know, if you, our friend uh, Ben, I was talking to Ben the other day, and he was telling me he, his his streamer, which is a, um, a Roku, still mm-hmm. has a Blockbuster button on it. Of all, so I'm like, what the? So you need to get new new hardware, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously, who are you hanging out with? But that just tells you like how everything shifted. Even Blockbuster tried to go the path of um, Redbox. Redbox is another kind of DVD legacy platform. You know, they tried to do, they tried to get into streaming, not not so good, that kind of thing. I mean, Netflix killed them. So I think it's just a matter of time. But the fact that I I think Target's also going to go the way of cutting out their CDs. We're just going to see uh, it kind of dwindle on for a couple more years. But I think in the end, it's going to be, that's the place you go for the garage sale CDs that are in the used bin kind of a thing. 
next to the vinyl, right? Right. So. Right. Well, vinyl, you know, vinyl made a little bit of a comeback, maybe. Maybe CDs are next. You're, you'll never stop listening to your Barry Manilow, will you, Manny? On, no, I won't. On Especially Mandy. CD. Mandy is the, is the oh, bomb song. Oh, That's my jam. One. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> right. All those guys are stopping touring, like Elton John and Paul well, They're old, they dude. Saw. Yeah. They're, they're so old. Up. They're like, what are oh, they going to roll out on their wheelchair out there and sing? I mean, yeah. right. you're not that old, man. Yeah. But those guys, you, like, you, you got some time left in you. I got some time, but man, all those guys, like, man. They're all kind of hanging up at the same time. It's weird. Yeah. Well, the beat goes on, you know? I, I, I think they, they, they've kind of hit the, the wall of their lifestyle. They don't necessarily have to make so much money. I mean, Rolling Stones, look at that. They oh still tour. Well, they should hang Those are Those are guys that are older than dirt. Right? <laughs> They're so. still alive. It's just like <laughs> That's right. Keith, the Keith Richards thing. It's just he keeps on going, man. You got to exactly. stay young. You got to stay young. It's all mindset, they say. That's right. <laughs> Well, this anyway. has been really compelling, Jar Jar. Probably uh, the best episode ever because I've gotten to call you Jar Jar, and I'm going to do it one more time just for my own end. Jar Jar. Yeah, for a whole 40 say, minutes. Jar Jar. You got, yeah, just so you Jar-Jar. know, that was 40 minutes full of Jar Jar. Jar Jar. Yeah. yeah, I just get it I, out. I got to get, get it out. Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> I will learn, I've learned not to make these wagers ever again because it was the most painful, painful. <laughs> We get to talk about cool stuff like Jar Jar. We get to talk to cool people <laughs> next week who are that's right. all about graphene, which is that's you, right. We're going to have a better job explaining it than me. That's so right. Well, I think um, well, that was one of our highest listened to shows when we did um, kind of a review of the graphene pavilion in um, where were we? San Francisco, mm-hmm. right? We had mm-hmm. some friends over. We talked about graphene. Um, but we are going to be in Barcelona in about two weeks to kick yeah. off Mobile World Congress, which will be awesome. And I got in touch with some of our friends from the Graphene Pavilion, which is the European version of what we had in San Francisco. And they are going to talk about uh, it's a material that's being developed that has superconductive properties and can be shaped in any way, shape, you know, basically it can be liquid, it can be solid. Uh, it has the strength of steel in something as thin as a piece of paper. It's an amazing substance that they're building all sorts of things with, like batteries that can power your phone for days, flexible screens, uh, tattoos that have Wi-Fi built into them so that they can track your biometrics all day long. You know, we're just talking about... Uh, tracking people's behavior this is the kind of stuff that will allow you to like have a shirt on there that's going to read out all your vitals and then if you have something wrong with you it'll automatically call the the hospital or something like that so this is the kind of stuff that's like Whoa. really cool future stuff that's not so future it's really close and they're spending a lot of money developing it and commercializing it and we're going to learn a little bit more about it because that's going to be one of the highlights at mobile world congress along with yeah. 5g right yeah, looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, it'll be great. All right, cool, cool. Um, so I hope you enjoy calling me Jar Jar because this will never happen again. Jar Jar, talk to me That's about it. graphene, Jar Jar. That's right. I'm ending the show now. Calling it the end. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>